to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. So before I start, I'm just going to say, I think I'm teaching tonight. Like, I don't have a word from God. I just feel like this is what I've been learning, so I was just going to share it with you guys. So, yeah, I'm not like John. So I have to read it. I don't want to forget anything, otherwise it'll be super short. Is the gum annoying? Okay. It helps with my nerves. Gotcha. You don't care. It's just that you don't like this. Yeah, I think that's all in here. Okay. I'm like, Lord, help me. I, 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 all right. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's all right. I have middle schoolers. I'm okay. I do. Yeah. I can, I can handle a lot. All right. <laughs> Doesn't mean you act better. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, I'm gonna pray, and then I'm just gonna ask that Lord, you know, God reveals to you what He's been revealing to me, and um, Lord, I just ask that what You've been showing me, Lord, that I can convey what You're showing me to everyone here, Lord, and that I'm using Your words and not my own. In Jesus' name. Have your way. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, I have been learning a lot about, well, there's five ways in which God speaks to us, which, you know, I've always, I've talked about that a couple times. Um, the five ways are through his word, the Bible, through others, in a still soft voice, through visions, and in dreams. So tonight I'm going to be talking about dreams. We don't often talk about dreams, so here we go. So basically everyone dreams. Um, a lot of people might say that they don't dream at night, but research shows, and I got this from a book that Dinah gave me, so inspired, um, shows that except in a few cases of injury, everyone has about four dreams each night. Those deprived of dreams actually become irritable, have difficulty concentrating, and may even cause them to hallucinate. Or even worse, if they're deprived of both food and dreams, they could actually die sooner from a lack of dreams. Um, this I got from the book. It's called What Your Dreams Are Telling You, Unlocking Solutions While You Sleep. I found it in a couple other sources, too. This is the teacher part of me. Um, so research also says that you will spend about one-third of your life sleeping and have about 1,400 dreams each year. 80% of the time that babies are sleeping, they're dreaming, and you can usually see that they're dreaming. You look at them, they look like they're dreaming. You know, they're moving, their eyes might be moving underneath their eyelids. Um, the rest of us dream about 90 minutes that we are asleep throughout the night. The problem is, is that within five minutes of waking up, we usually forget half of our dream. And after 20 minutes, we forget about 90% of our dream. And these are just um, numbers that I found in the book. By the time we pass away, most of us will have spent up to six years or more of dreaming. So I would say that it's not accurate or correct when people say that they don't dream it's really more or less that they don't remember what they're dreaming um, or when they wake up 
you know, it just completely like goes away. Um, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, it says that, it says, Hear my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, and I speak with him in a dream, and we're all at some level, vision, you know, we're prophets, we're um, teachers to some degree. So he's going to speak to us through dreams. Which brings me to my second point. It is important that we remember what we're dreaming. It is important to remember our dreams. It's a revelation of what is happening in the spirit. It's actually more demonic not to dream, and I heard this in like multiple <coughs> places, than to dream a bad dream or to have a nightmare. When God gives us a dream, he is giving us revelation in our dreams. It is our responsibility to analyze it, to interpret it, and to figure out what's the best response or action or step to take. The Bible records lots of dreams. The first record was of Abraham, who lived way, 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 you know, 2100 and between 2100 and 1800 BC. When you total up all the dreams and the visions in the Bible and all the stories and action which come out of these dreams and visions, it's about a third of the Bible, which is equal to the size of the New Testament. So value your dreams and don't dismiss them when you wake up. Make them a priority. Throughout history, for those who have listened, dreams have inspired inventions, scientific discoveries, businesses, books, songs, poetry. They have warned of danger, and they have provided insight and direction. It is time to pay attention to our dreams. I'm going to reiterate what I believe God to be saying. Dreams are revelation. They provide solutions, wisdom, insight, warning, direction, healing, and more. Many important discoveries have been recorded throughout history. For example, there is inventions. The sewing machine is an example of what was um, you know, thought of about a dream. He was actually trying to um, create a sewing machine, and he couldn't figure out how to get the thread to go through. So in his dream, he dreamt about a way to get it to work, and it did. Um, medical advances, insulin, for example, um, scientific discoveries, different theories have come about from dreams. Victories, wars have been won. Um, I think, I can't remember what it was. It was one of those battles um, somewhere in the U.S. that, you know, was won because of a dream. Uh, warnings that could have saved lives and have saved lives. Businesses, companies, government, leadership, songs, and books have all been written due to dreams or a dream inspired. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 12 through 20, and I'm kind of skipping around in here, so I'll try to tell you the verses as I go through. But it says, When the sun was setting, a deep sleep came over Abram, and a horror, a terror, a shuddering fear, a nightmare. He got a nightmare, and it's written down in the Bible, which tells us that they're normal and it's okay. Of great darkness overcame him. Skipping forward to verse 17, When the sun had gone down and a darkness had come, there appeared a smoking brazier and a flaming torch which passed between the pieces of animals. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendant I have given this land. From the river of Egypt to the great river of Euphrates, God made a covenant with Abram in his dream. God also gave supernatural gifts through dreams. In 1 Kings chapter 3, he gave Solomon a gift. Um, 
Verse 5 says, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. Verse 9, So the servant so give your servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart to judge your people. In verse 12, God says, Behold, I have done as you asked. I have given you a wise and discerning heart. And in verse 15, Solomon awoke, and he realized that it was a dream, and he got this gift in his dream. If you've been praying for an answer, God might have already given you the solution in a dream. It's time to start paying attention to your dreams. Psalms chapter 16, verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my heart, my mind, instructs me in the, in the night. These dreams are messages. This is one way that God speaks directly to us, which is what I'm saying. In Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2, he says, I was asleep, but my heart was awake, a voice in my dream. My beloved is knocking. If you're not dreaming, it means that the channel that God is trying to use to speak to you isn't working. You need to pray and ask God to open that channel. Do not miss your instruction. It's, like I said, it's a way that he instructs us. God is orchestrating everything. He is moving people, and he's moving situations for our blessings. God uses dreams to get our attention to show us things. Dreams are a revelation of what is happening around us. It is a spiritual window. If it isn't open, then we're not allowing God to speak to us. When we sleep, we move from the physical realm to the spiritual realm. The louder the dream, or the worse your dream is, or the scarier it is, the more urgent God is trying to get our attention. We're not to rebuke the dream. We need to rebuke the circumstances that God's trying to warn us about. In um, Job, Job discovered that the value of dreams and that it is a way that God can use to communicate with men. So Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 18, it says, For God does speak, not one way, now another, though no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people, as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. Why does he terrify them? Well, to warn us. So here he's saying to turn them from their wrongdoing and keep them from pride, to preserve them from the pit or a, or a fall, and their lives from perishing by the word. This is why we aren't to rebuke our dreams. Even if they appear bad, God is using them to warn us. And that warning always has two sides. So we can turn things for the good as long as we're being obedient to what he's telling us to do. We must understand with a mindset that fear will shut down our ability to hear. If we have a negative outlook on things, on life, due to our past situations or traumas, it can appear like it's a bad thing, but God is trying to warn us of something and turn us from our wrongdoing. If you view life knowing that there is a hope for you, Jeremiah 29:11, you can learn to find light in the dark places and use your dreams to turn situations for our good, for his good, for the good that he wants in our lives. This is where we need to speak or seek a proper interpretation of our dreams to give us hope and strength and to move us in the right direction. So dreams are like parables. They're a picture language. The Bible gives us the oldest records we have of dreams, and they include symbols that represent events that have come to pass. Oftentimes in our dreams, the, the pictures or the things that we're dreaming about don't always mean what they 
you might think that they mean. They symbolize something, but to each person it's something different. And we'll go into that later. In Genesis, the Pharaoh had a bad dream. It was coming to him as a warning. He took the responsibility to have it interpreted. So in Genesis chapter 4, or 41, sorry, chapter 41, verses 1 through 8, this is kind of long if you want to follow along. Um, After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows. And then Pharaoh awoke, and he fell asleep, and he dreamed a second time. And if you remember, earlier I had said that oftentimes we have four dreams. So we have one cycle, then we have the other cycle. So his second cycle just picked up right where he left off. I just needed to add that in. Um, So in the second part, where was I? Behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump full ears. Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled. And like Job said earlier in another verse, he said that he gives us dreams as warnings and that they're meant to trouble us until we figure out the right action to take. We need to get the interpretation and figure out what to do. So he brought it to Joseph. So he brings in Joseph from the pit or the jail that he was in. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, and this is verses 15 through 18, I have, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. Now this is after he had gone through a whole bunch of different people to try to interpret it and nobody could. And then somebody led him to Joseph. So he heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph answered, Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold in my dream, and he recounted his dream, and he reiterated that there was no one who could explain it to him. So Pharaoh seeked out an interpretation. He seeked out Joseph to get the proper interpretation. And then in verses 25 through 32, Joseph interprets it. So he says to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. So the two different dreams all in, like all had the same meaning. They just continued where they left off. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. It is, I, it is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be known or will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe, and the doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that there is sorry, means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. So it's fixed to happen. He knows it's going to happen. And 
Now he has a decision to make, and this is like I said, you want to interpret your dream, and then you want to, you know, seek counsel, and then you have to make a decision. So Joseph interpreted the dream through God's lens, and then Pharaoh took the proper action. And he had a choice. He didn't have to do the right thing, but he listened to Joseph. So now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and send him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming in the cities. And let them keep it. The food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. So as you can see, the Pharaoh had a choice to take action. And he did what Joseph suggested. This saved the nation from destruction. Hence, I said, this can save, this can save multiple people. This can save nations. So when, he had, when we have a revelation from God, it's our choice on what action to take next. We can choose to do nothing. Pharaoh could have chose to do nothing or, and lose out on our blessing. Or we can seek wise counsel, and then we can take the action that God's leading us in. In Genesis chapter 40, verse 5, it says that each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, that also had Joseph interpret the dream, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. So this is when we're interpreting dreams, it's important to note that even if you have the same dream that somebody else has, you can, it could be interpreted completely different. So in this, in this particular case, everyone had an interpretation according to his dream because it's a message that's directly to us. So even though they both dreamt the same thing, they both had two different meanings. So how you interpret a dream isn't how all dreams can be interpreted. So for one, someone could be falling. That could mean one thing to them because they could be falling in that particular area in their life. And for someone else, it could mean something completely different. Um, so dreams come in a language that you can understand and in a way that's meaningful to you. You must take ownership of your dreams and not run away from them. You can learn your own dream language. They are personalized and they're meant specifically for you. Every dream needs interpretation, even if it's clear as day. Some dreams may seem literal, but mostly they are parables or pictures that illustrate a message that you're supposed to hear. The only thing that doesn't really need, well, the only thing that doesn't need interpretation is if you have, like, the direct voice of God when you have a vision or a prophecy. Once again, I want to state that when God downloads revelation, it is worth your time and investment to write it down, to record it, to analyze, to interpret, and then to figure out what to do with it. So one thing that I've learned to do this last year I don't know if you knew this, Luann, but you gave me this for my birthday, and I've been using it as a dream journal ever since. And um, it's not—it's not all. All my dreams aren't in here because sometimes I have to write them down in the middle of the night, and I take out my phone and I text it to myself, and I just do voice to text. It makes it so much easier. But I have a dream log that's placed next to my bed, and then I have another one that's next to my Bible. And sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I record my dreams. Um, and I do it quickly before I forget them. If God's waking me up out of a dream, that usually tells me it's important enough to write down. There have been times that I have forgotten my dream, and I had to ask God if he would give me the same dream again or help me to remember what it was. 
I've also discovered that as I start writing and recording my dreams, that even if I write down the little details that I do remember, I start recalling the main events or like the big, the more things that have happened. Um, dreams are specific to our own experiences. So what might be representative of one might not be for someone else. And I gave that example. If I'm falling in my dream, that could mean something entirely different for someone else that might have fallen in their dream. So dreams unlock hidden treasures that lead together that lead greater wisdom and lead to greater wisdom and understanding. When we're interpreting our dreams, it's important that it makes sense to us. If someone's telling us that our dreams mean something and it doesn't make any sense and it has no connections with anything in our life, just like a prophecy, it's not our, it's not the right interpretation. Oftentimes if we talk, if we sit and think about it or spend time with God, he'll show us what it means. So seven basic principles to remember when we're trying to figure out what our dreams are. One, dreams are for our good. They can provide direction for us and they keep us from trouble. They can also help move us past wrong thought patterns and a wrong identity and a a wrong sense of self. Dreams about, or even dreams about being chased or falling or speaking, um, speak the message that you have a future and that something is trying to hinder your future that can release you from what has been been keeping you trapped. So maybe you didn't know what it was that was keeping you, and then you have this dream of something, and you realize that's what it was, and you need to rebuke it. Not the dream, but the situation. Um, Two, dreams are personal. Your dreams come in a language that you can understand and in a way that is meaningful to you if you pay attention. Then you can become familiar with the way that God is speaking to you. Someone close to you could have the same dream and it wouldn't have the same meaning or impact because of the way it was given to you. It was personalized. Like I said, once again, in chapter um, 40, verse 5 in Genesis, it said that each dream has its own meaning. Number three, dreams are often parables with symbols. They're like a puzzle. Each individual piece cannot be deciphered on its own. One key element or symbol in your dream may not tell what your dream is about. So you can't just focus on there was a dog in my dream. You have to look at the rest of the picture. Where were you? What was happening? How old were you? Were you there? Were you the only person there? Did you know the other people with you? You have to look at the big picture. Um, So basically, your dreams are parables or pictures that illustrate a message that you're supposed to hear. Another thing, too, is what did that dog mean to you? What did the people around you Did you know them? Do you have relationships with them or you've never met them before? All that has a a different purpose in our dreams. Although there are some common themes and symbolization that you can find in dream books or on Google, um, they're not all the same because different things have different experiences to us. So our differences are basically based what we would call in, in education world would be our background knowledge. So what we bring to the table, what it means to us is going to be something different than it might mean to someone else based on how we were raised, our culture, where we, where we were born, you know, the situation that we were in, our environment. Uh, number four is the timing of our dream is important. So at what point in your life did you have this dream? Did you dream this dream more than once? Did you have that dream when you were younger and now you're having it again? The dreams you have had recently are relevant for today. So why are you dreaming this now? And did it happen a certain time in the past, maybe when you were going through something? Dreams can foretell of important future events that are coming our way. Dreams, or even for the nation, 
Dreams can have many different influences. Work, home, friends, media. You must be mindful to filter out those, out those things when interpreting the meaning of our dream. Seek God to show you the true meaning behind events or symbols that might have showed up in your dream. So use discernment when interpreting your dreams. So do something with your dreams. Like in Genesis, after Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream, Pharaoh had to make a choice to take an action. Taking action can determine what direction your life is going to go in. Maybe you're getting ready to move or, you know, take a different, maybe um, not take a different job, but take a different position or go to a different position or go to a different job or something major is about to happen and you need to decide on what action to take. So you really need to take, um, take into consideration the different, uh, what am I trying to say? the different things or elements that God's putting into your dream to show you what option to take. Sometimes it might just be you just need to wait before you make that decision. So this can take the a whole situation turn for his good, but by not taking any action unless he's telling you to do that, that could also take this to change the course in which you're trying to, well, God is trying to take you, good or bad. So put the information that you receive to good use do something with it. Don't just sit on it. Like like Pharaoh, like I said, when he had that interpretation, he didn't have to put Joseph in charge and he didn't have to take the food and put it into the storage and then, you know, pass it out later when they were running low. He could have just kept giving it out and telling everyone, oh, we're going to have a famine and you guys need to hold on to your own food. That probably wouldn't have worked out so well. Um, number seven says to connect your dream with God. The dream, the the dream maker, the one who gave you the dream to begin with. He's trying to tell you something, especially the ones that stick out in your mind, the ones that don't go away. Those are the ones that he's really trying to get something across. So this is one way that he seeks to communicate with us. If he can't get our attention while we're, we are awake, he's going to use whatever means he can to get our attention. Like Job said, God does speak. Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it, but one... Be the one who perceives it. Not too long ago, I had a dream, and I didn't know what it meant, but I wrote it down. And then maybe four or five months later, I had a chance to share it with my friend, and I knew it was about her, and sometimes our dreams are about other people. Um, so back in November, when she was having a Friendsgiving, I went to her house, and I told her, since I finally had her attention, to let me share this dream with her. So I have the dream, and I'm going to share it with you guys, and I'm going to explain why it was so important. So when I was at her, at her house, I was around a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. Um, so anyways, in the dream, and I have to kind of filter through it. I didn't have a chance to edit it before I got up here, but in the dream, um, there was a lady, and in my dream, it was someone from the church, but it was none of, nobody that was actually in the church. And... Um, she had blonde hair, and that stuck out to me for some reason at the time I didn't know. Anyways, so she wanted uh, my friend to help her to deliver her baby at her house, or naturally. And I was there, but I was a third party, so I was just kind of watching. And um, so I started talking, and I was asking questions, and I was trying to keep everyone calm, and I know they were trying to prepare like what you could imagine a midwife might do. And so they were laying things out, trying to get ready for the baby. And 
I was trying to help get her comfortable by talking her through it because this must have been like her first pregnancy or her first baby or whatever. And um, we were placing blankets around and sheets. And then she began telling me um, that she had disappeared for 10 years and that she was kind of off to herself and she didn't want the doctors involved. I guess she had had bad experiences or whatever. So um, it says I asked her if she was going to get a birth certificate. Like I was just trying to make you know conversation to calm everything down and keep it peaceful. So I remembered wondering if they were going to ask me to help. And that was about it. Um, and she was having a tough time relaxing. So as I was writing this down, it didn't mean much to me. I had no idea what it was about. So when I shared this with her, um, and I noticed as I was sharing it with her, the pieces were coming together. The girl with the blonde hair was a girl that I raised up with my daughter, and her name is the same as my daughter's name. And she's young, she's married, and she's not a part of our church, but she's now saved. And she lives right down the street from me, but we grew up in West Palm together. So I never knew that she lived that close to me. And she was there, and I hadn't seen her in probably about five or six years. And so, and she's my friend's godmother. Well, my friend's godmother to her. And um, when I was sharing the dream, it hit me that she was actually wanting to be a part of her god goddaughter's um I guess, birth. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and so as I was saying it, and I'm like, blonde hair, well, her, the girl, has actually very brown curly hair, but she dyed her hair blonde. And I was like, that means that you're going to actually get to be there. And it was a confirmation because they were afraid she wasn't going to make it, that she's not going to be able to be a part of it because her and the mother had a fallout a long time ago. The mother wants to be there, and they were afraid they weren't going to all be able to be in the same room. And I'm like, well, according to my dream, you were there. And according to my dream... You know, it was her because it was the same blonde hair and everything was clicking at the same time. And like I said, I had no idea what this meant at the time. But as I was explaining it, everything started clicking. And even now as I'm reading it, I see that the 10 years is because it's been about that long since I've seen her. So it's just like all was there. And I, the fact that I was able to share it with her was amazing. And it just the way that God was speaking to her because she's at a different point in her life where she maybe doesn't hear from God the same way that we might, and she doesn't get to have, you know, have a chance to have people speak into her life. So that was just a confirmation for her. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and another thing too, is that the girl that has, that's getting ready to have the child, um, she's had miscarriages before. So this was another confirmation that this child's going to make it. And now I'm going, I'm able to go to her baby shower this Saturday. So Another blessing, I guess that's the part where I was able to be watching, but not really there. So, just amazing. Anyways, um, another incident was with John just last, what, two weeks ago maybe? He had a dream that he was um, walking out into the kitchen, into the breakfast nook in our home, and there was a woman that was sitting there on the bench, and um, she he couldn't see her face. He just saw the back of her head, but she looked like a city official. And so it made him think of like a code enforcer, someone that was there to like, you know, tell him that something was wrong. So he walked over to her and um, her back was remaining away from her. But he noticed as he looked out the window that there was a tree that had been knocked down and he pointed to the tree and it says that, uh, 
It says, as he walked closer to her, he pointed out to the window to show that a tree had fallen from the vacant lot next door into the yard. In John's dream, I believe it had two meanings. So the first thing that John did was he looked up, what does that tree mean? And he said it means two things. And the first thing that I said it meant is that it could mean that he's falling away from God. And if you notice, his message last week was that he felt like he had been, you know, falling away from God because when he was praying about um, what he was going to speak on, he said he didn't feel, hear, feel like he was hearing from God as clearly as he had in the past. But the second part of that dream is that it was a new season. So he had a choice to make. He could reconnect with God and allow God to bless him in the new season, or he could keep going in the direction he was going in. So sometimes the dreams that we have have two meanings. So now that he's made the decision to reconnect with God and to go even, you know, driving nearer to him by reading the word, now I believe that his new season is coming, but he's going to be more rooted in this season, and he's going to be able to bear more fruit, even better fruit than he was before. So, and another thing I wanted to point out, in the dream, the code inspector spoke directly to him. See what something somebody else might think the code inspector means to them means something to him, different to him, because we literally just had, like, the code inspector drive by, because we have two empty lots next to our house, and there's a whole bunch of like branches and stuff and trees that have been cut from those vacant lots that are put in front of there. And they were telling us that they can't pick up the um, stuff because it's in a vacant lot. And we were explaining to them that it's not our stuff, that it, you know, it was reaching over into our yards. So that meaning of a code inspector had a whole different meaning than it might have had for somebody else. So as we begin to take a more conscious effort to be purposeful in our dreams, I want to start by having you guys maybe take a mental note, take a moment, and ask God to help us to recognize that our dreams are an important way that he's communicating with us. If we haven't already, then we need to ask God to begin to communicate through our dreams again. If he hasn't been, you know, just repent and say, Lord, I didn't know that was your way of talking to me. And you know, you can ask God to revisit a dream, to give you a dream again, to confront a dream, or to show you what it means. Um, put a journal, maybe, or a notebook right by your bed so you can start journaling your dreams. You can use your phone. That's probably the easiest way, especially if you're up in the middle of the night. Um, it says, remember that the more sleep we get, the more dreams we have. So try to get a good night's sleep. We should be trying to do that anyways. Um, number four. I said to, what did I say? I read, it is best to awake naturally. So when you put on an alarm, and I know it's hard because some, we need those alarms sometimes, um, it'll wake us up out of our dream in the middle of our dream, and it can shatter the dream. So if it's a night, like a morning, you don't have to go to work, or you don't have to get up right away, or if you're just used to getting up at that time, you don't have to put that alarm on. That'll help us to remember our dreams a little better. And... Basically, in summary, um, I'm just going to share that I've gotten to a point where if I can remember the main events, so even if you can't remember everything, if you just write down the main things, oftentimes the details will come back to us, and when they do, write them down. Uh, it doesn't have to always be in specific order. Um, I'm also at a point where I can ask the Holy Spirit to wake me up after a dream. If it's something he wants me to know, he'll wake me up, and I can write it down and then I can go right back to sleep. And sometimes he'll even have me go back into the same dream if I woke up like prematurely before my dream was over. 
Anyways, I said, um, I know it seems unlikely, but after some time, we can even change the way that we react to bad things in our dream. It's a step-by-step process, but we can start being open to hear what God has to say and to communicate to us. And we can start by taking note and start asking him what he's trying to tell us. And that's all that I have. All right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness